continuing our cynicism about politics theme in a couple of minutes with a great, great open mic case. Politicians and their hacks, their uh, their their muscle men, arguing over for, uh, the rules for a debate caught on an open mic. Oh, it's delicious. Uh, if you don't love it, send your strongly worded internet complaints to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I think you're going to just like it as much as I did. Right now, a follow-up on the bizarre and troubling daycare fight club case. Ryan Burrow of ABC News is covering it in beautiful Chicago. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm Ryan, great. not Brian. That's that's okay. No worries. Uh, you know, it's it's a, an awful video. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, but you can actually watch it. It was filmed in 2016. Preschoolers uh, involved in, in what's essentially a fight club. Uh, apparently, the daycare workers uh, put these uh, Hulk gloves on them. They're like foam gloves and allowed them to just wail on each other. Uh, the daycare workers, too, who have since been fired say that uh, they thought it would be a good way for the kids to relieve some stress and everyone was bored. So why not let them wail on each other? Well, Apparently uh, some people uh, felt differently about that, including the parents, huh? Yeah, yeah. The, the mom, uh, not a big fan. It was actually the 10-year-old brother of uh, one of the boys who was involved who uh, shot video of it on an iPad and sent it to his mother. And no, she was not happy. Uh, made it uh, very clear to the daycare she was not happy. Um, the, uh, the the state uh, health and senior services department actually conducted an investigation of this. Remember, this is back in 2016, uh, and determined, yeah, that, that doesn't really follow the rules of daycare. So yeah, uh, I'm watching the video right now, and we'll post it at ArmstrongandGetty.com. It is a full-on fight, fight. Not only with the padded gloves pounding people in the head repeatedly, but kicking and elbowing and other kids thinking, oh my God, this the one little lad obviously thinks the one kid is just getting a hell beat out of him and tries to drag the aggressor off, and there's the daycare lady jumping up and down, encouraging the violence. It's just, it's sick. It's astonishing. It, it, it absolutely is. Yeah, can you believe it? It's a kid that ends up pulling it off. It's not an adult who ends right. up pulling it apart. It's it's a kid. So uh, the two have been fired, um, but here the mom of, of one of the children does not think that... Uh, uh, there's been enough punishment leveled. Uh, there was no criminal. Uh, there were no criminal uh, charges that were filed. Now she's filed a civil lawsuit. She's seeking twenty five thousand dollars from the daycare. Wow, twenty five grand is all. I'd, either there aren't deep pockets involved, or or I admire her restraint. But yeah, if they're staging brutality among five year olds, and there have been no criminal charges. No criminal charges to this point. The investigators went in there. They took a look, said, yeah, you were in violation of this, this, and that. Fix it. Uh, the daycare apparently fixed whatever the issue was, the licensing issues by 2017. The license uh, was, the, the issue was they were having small children beat each other. Great Scott. Exactly. Exactly. Well, is, uh, Ryan, I, you know, I actually grew up in Chicagoland and, uh, and, and love the Midwest, but uh, is Missouri completely lawless at this point? Have they just... It, it, is it yeah, like Fallujah uh, or, uh, or or Libya? Well, you know, that, that's the dirty little secret. You know, everyone points the finger at Chicago as being uh, the most crime-ridden with the most gun violence. And while the numbers are, are very high, the individual numbers, the percentage of crime and violence is actually much higher in uh, St. Louis. So, yeah, it's... They've really struggled, and it's something that uh, the police there are trying to get a hold of. This is a little different than gun violence, but still. Yeah, indeed. Ryan Burrow, ABC News in Chicago. Ryan, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a million. Boy, how sick is that? That's absolutely insanitatious, as a friend of mine used to say. Uh, all right, now back to our theme of cynicism about politics. Oh, uh, speaking of Missouri, 
I don't know if you've been following this, if you're not good for you. A gal named Claire McCaskill, who's a moderate Democrat, is trying to keep her seat in the Senate. She's now behind by several points to a Republican challenger. Uh, Missouri's kind of a purple state, could go either way. But she was interviewed by Brett Baer the other day on his excellent uh, special report show um, about her run. It was a very fair and even-handed interview, and and he asks her about some of the more extreme elements of the Democratic Party and how she feels about them. And she said that, you know, she's not into, like, the crazy Democrats pounding on tables and screaming at people in restaurants and hounding them. And and uh, and then she mentioned, she made, uh, if you're not into Missouri politics, she made mention of a uh, state, state senator or whatever they call him there, um, and enlisted her as a crazy Democrat. Well, in a scathing series of tweets on Monday and Tuesday, Missouri Democrat State Senator Maria Chappelle Nadal referred to McCaskill, who had referred to her as a crazy Democrat, as Dixie Claire, describing her as a piece of spit, except it was the word that rhymes with spit, compared her to a slave owner, and accused McCaskill and her racist Democratic friends of alienating the party's base voters. Um, oh, she's actually running a radio ad that described herself as not one of those crazy Democrats. Wow. So you're a piece of S and a slave owner. I, I would say you've completely cleared the air and proved that you are not a crazy Democrat. Good defense. Irvine City Council candidate is caught dropping off his wheelchair-bound mom, age 86, so she can panhandle. Canada, David Chase, a candidate for the Irvine City Council. It's been photographed and filmed dropping off his 86-year-old mom to panhandle in Irvine and Laguna Beach. A uh, business owner, longtime resident, Heidi Miller, says the duo have been scamming people out of money in the area for 12 years. She shared photos of uh, the 86-year-old mom left alone with a sign that reads, Please help me. David Che, who is not homeless, couldn't immediately be reached for comment. Um, Residents are voting on November the 6th. So there you go. Panhandlers are not the homeless. There is some overlap. What what panhandlers are are people who want you to give them money for nothing. What you do with your money is your business. But even the great progressive champion Gavin Newsom says, don't give to beggars. There are plenty of programs. They're taxpayer supported. Or if you'd like to gen, if you'd like to donate generously to programs, do that. Don't give to beggars. So I made a couple of mentions of this briefly. Uh, James Cromwell, the beloved character actor, he's the uh, the farmer from the uh, the Babe the Pig movie. He frequently plays uh, a heavy in movies. I, uh, Babe the Green Mile. That's right. He was the is uh, the the, uh, the the warden in the Green Mile. Crooked Cop in L.A. Confidential, really oh, good movie. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a, you know that's going back a ways, but that's a great movie. He was in Boardwalk Empire, American Horror Story. He's also a political activist. He's been arrested frequently for his role in planned peaceful protests at places like Sea places like Sea World and a natural gas power plant in New York. So he's a real activist. Um, but he says if Republicans remain in control, there will be blood in the streets. This is nascent fascism. 
We always had a turnkey totalitarian state. All we needed was an excuse, and all the institutions were in place to turn this into pure fascism. If we don't stop Trump now, then we will have a revolution for real. There will be blood in the streets. We're living in curious times, very curious, and something is coming up which is desperately important to this country and this planet, and that is an election in which hopefully in some measure we are going to take back our democracy. By the whole is democracy dying thing. The Atlantic devoted a whole issue to that. Man, I don't know. I just, I don't, maybe this is probably bad for business. Preaching calm and preaching settle down everybody and it's not nearly as bad as everybody wants you to think it is. And um, it's probably bad for business. I don't know. Whipping people up seems to be the way to do it in the 21st century, but I'm too stubborn to participate in it, as is Jack. But uh, we will have a government that represents us and not the donor class. The donor class works both ways, James. We'll cut through the corruption. We won't have to do what comes next, which is either a nonviolent revolution or a violent one, because this has got to end. So he's calling for a violent revolution at an event featuring comedian Patton Oswalt. It was very funny and clever. And fellow actors such as Joe Morton, Jessica Walter, Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pants! And other people who I've never heard of in my life. Everybody just take a step back. The, tr- the president has to calm down the rhetoric because it's leading to violence. The Democrats have to calm down the rhetoric because it's leading to violence. Is there anybody who's actually interested in calming down the rhetoric because it's leading to violence? Calming down the rhetoric because it's leading to violence might help. I mean, if you're actually into that, please. Please, God, the hypocrisy. If hypocrisy were rocks, you could walk to Japan. We'd throw them all into the Pacific Ocean, and it wouldn't cost you $600 to fly to Hawaii. Rocks don't float, Joe. I'm not sure. There are enough rocks to fill up the ocean, dum-dum. Oh. All right, then. I think I made my point. Oh, so this open mic tape of a couple of California politicians arguing about the rules of a debate, and their, their campaign, like, bulldogs... Arguing with each other and the moderator. Oh, it's so great. And we'll have that for you in just a couple of minutes. Coming right up, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. For the uh, Decemberists there, Michael. Let me see if I follow actor James Cromwell's logic. Trump is a threat to the Constitution, so we need to have a violent revolution. Okay, good idea. So this comes from uh, Orange County. The first voice you're going to hear is this uh, bulldog of a campaign worker whose name is uh, Jack Dianabal. He's working for the challenger, uh, Democrat candidate Har- Harley Ruda, who's running against Dana Rohrabacher, longtime Republican congressman. They're going to have their first debate, and Ruda and his people are threatening to walk away because Rohrabacher is going to use notes during the debate, which is scheduled to be like 20 minutes long. So I will interpret as needed the first voice you're going to hear 
is uh, Ruta's uh, bulldog, his campaign worker, Deanna Bowell, or whatever his name is. Here you go. Got to turn it up a little loud. There weren't going to be any votes. We had a conversation. About- oh, and he's talking to uh, Rick Reef or Reif, who's a longtime TV anchor with the makeup and the, and the long face and the gray around the temples. If they don't promote this as the slobber knocker with Rohrenbacher, they're really missing out on opportunity. I like your thinking. Here you go. He didn't have a conversation with me. We had a conversation with the host who agreed who agreed to the rules, and you said no notes. Yes, is unfair. So it's you've got him unfair. with all of his notes so in no preparation. Notes. So it's no notes. So there's no notes. I um, there's no notes. In fact, so you hear the, take a photo of the, the campaign worker telling the host there will be no notes. Need notes. No, I am a member of Congress. I have a track record, and he doesn't. So he doesn't need any notes because yeah, it's off the top of his head. No no. Don't touch me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait. Okay. No, no. All right, all right. No notes. Easy debate here. Okay. We're going to get through this here. No notes. He said specifically no notes. I don't recall any question about We had a conversation Oh, it's based on your conversation. Email. And he doesn't remember it, and you do. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? I think that's a Kavanaugh reference. No discussion with us. Do you need the notes? What? Do you need the notes? I have a really broad track record, and so when I'm talking about my specific things that I've done over That's 30 years, I make sure that I have 20 you don't minutes. Have, you don't have a 20 track minutes. record. You don't Actually, have, I do have a track record. You I have a long have track, a track record of creating jobs, but I'm just curious. It's only 20 minutes. Do you really need notes for 20 minutes? Uh, do we really need notes for 30 years' worth of contributions? Yeah, you do. I have 30 years of contributions. I don't have notes. Um, do you remember that's the funny. I never thought you were in yes. public service. Okay. I do. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, that's why I don't have any notes here, because that's right. exactly the so terms we agreed to. So uh, here you have old Ruta getting uh, militant about the old man having notes, which is pathetic to me. Bring it on, biatches. That's what I'd say. And meanwhile, Rohrabacher somehow belittling a guy who's been in private business, not having been in public service, which I find contemptible, rolling along with the argument. Okay. I've, I've never told a guest they can't bring notes if they want to have notes on the set, Harley. I really, and I don't, I don't recall that discussion. Um, That's right. Uh, I thought the questions you were asking, Jack, pertain to the media and, and that, uh, you know, uh, I don't recall saying that a candidate couldn't have notes. That, that, that wasn't one of the, the ground rules yeah, that were laid down. All right. I'm sorry I have to make a call. If, well, I think we're going to have to reschedule. Have notes, if you want no, to we're going to have to reschedule because... Let's, let's see the email. No, 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 no. Let's no, no, see the no, no, email. No, no. We're, we're, we're going to reschedule because I'm not going to sit here and no, have then a I, question then I, asked then, got, then, I'll have, then I'll have a show with Dana. No, no. We can talk. So it's moments before air and this Aruda, the Democrats, threatening to pull out of the debate because the old man has notes. This is beautiful. These are your champions, folks. Rolling along. About the fact that you walked off because Dana brought That's notes. Fair. That's fair. And uh, come on. I mean, really? And you think it's okay for him to have notes. So you can ask me a question, and I'm going to answer without question. It's, while he flips through his papers and figures out what he's going to answer and right. how he's going to answer it, and you think that's fair. And you, you consider that fair journalism. I have, uh, yeah. You consider that fair I, journalism. I have a lot of After guests. Agreeing, some guests like to have notes. Some guests don't like to have okay. notes. And in the past, that they've they've had notes early because when people have long track records in government, they have different Three things. Three bills in thirty years. That's a long track okay. record. Okay, and you need to remember. I, I, I think this, this is all fodder. Okay, let's decide here. Uh, Harley, How this can be. You this? can bring this up. You can bring up that he needs notes. Uh, blah blah blah. You, you, can, can. you can do whatever you want. All right. Go. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, everybody. We ready to go?
Your call, Mike. You guys have a camera. And then Deanna Bow, the campaign bulldog, walks up to the anchor who's saying, look, being totally sensible, saying, you're a hack. Oh, right in his face. Gets right in his face. And Rife, the longtime lose, uh, newsman, just rolls his eyes, smiles, and social media. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then the rest, unbelievable. Jack and I, a couple of times through our long and storied history, have had politicians in that brought their bulldogs with them. And man, these guys grab you by your shirt and tell you how it's going to be. Which <laughs> anybody who knows us probably has an idea of how that went uh, very poorly. Um, but God, this Deanna Bale guy, or uh, however you pronounce his name, you know, listen, he reminds me. I'm tempted to say he's just a flaming a hole because he sure comes off as a flaming a hole. Um, on the other hand, you know, there are guys, the big strong guys who are who are hired for hockey teams because. If anybody bullies the the big scorer, they're there to punch him in the face, and that's what they do for a living. So I don't know. That's a little different than somebody who just, you know, is a bastard on their own time. Yeah, his propensity to be an a hole might very well be why he's good at his job, quote unquote. Well, right. At the same time, though, getting in the face of this poor uh, poor guy Rick Rife and saying you're a hack because he said, I don't recall any conversation about nobody could have notes and Ruda trying to chicken out because the congressman, who's old as the hills, he's got pages of notes in front of him. How's that going to help him? In a do- I would think, oh, my God, You're I'm f- up against an old man who's got to sort through, wait a minute, I have it here somewhere. It was I filed think, yes! under. <laughs> yes! These are your champions, my friends. These are your politicians who you're putting your hopes and dreams in. Are we sure democracy is the way to go? Oh, are, are we God. sure? It's the worst form of government ever, except all others that have ever been tried. Um, boy, that's just so pathetic. That's I how it love is. That, that was caught. Oh, I do too. That was great. I do too. Trying to bully a veteran journalist, and you know, I don't know this uh, rife fellow, but he seems like a nice old chap to me. But and then and then old Ruda saying, "I'm not going to sit here and have a question asked of me." I'll. We have to reschedule. We're going to have to reschedule. Then Rife says, all right, then I'll have a show with Dana here. We can talk about the fact that you walked off because Dana brought notes. Come on. I mean, really? <laughs> and then and then Ruda with the pathetic. And you think it's okay for him to have notes? God, you sound like a child. God, politics is pathetic. Sad. Sad. Marshall Phillips, what headlines do you have prepared for us? Well, we got some more highlights from Donald Trump's nonstop midterm tour. More proof that you cannot kill the bullet, a.k.a. Crony Express train. The bullspit train. And the link between Parkinson's disease and the appendix. What? Yes, stories coming up minutes from now. Interesting. We'll have that and uh, some really interesting stuff on who can afford to live in what cities. And a little more midterm oh. stuff. Oh, and an actor cut off his own hand to get rolls. It's all on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. A couple of quick housekeeping notes. 
Number one, thank you very much to alert listener Michelle for sending along the uh, great tape of the politicians arguing over notes in their debate. Um, sending along that link to Voice of OC, and we'll have that posted at armstrongandgetty.com for you in a couple of minutes. Uh, well done. If you see something uh, you think we, we ought to be talking about, send it along. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's the email address, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, on that note, however, there there's a trend toward a couple of people. Like, they send emails via text. Right. Including uh, at least one fella who, like, comments on every single thing that's said. Like, 50 emails a day. Whoa. How about you pick your one favorite thing and comment on that? You're clogging up my inbox. Take it easy. <laughs> wow. You're spamming me. You're killing me. Yep. You're drowning me. I appreciate you being a fan of the show. Trust me when I say that. And I appreciate you listening. But you're killing me. Marshall? Boy, he's on the move. Anywhere from five to 15,000 people expected to attend President Trump's Make America Great Again rally in Columbia, Missouri today. Again, the president uh, has almost two rallies a day scheduled until the midterm elections. Last night, he kept the heat on the Democrats over immigration issues in Florida. He went on to say... The Democrat Party is openly encouraging millions of illegal aliens to break our laws, violate our borders. You see what's happening right now because they won't give us any votes on border security and overwhelm our country. And they want to sign them up for free health care, free welfare, free education, and the right to vote. And the Democrats want to continue giving automatic birthright citizenship to every child born to an illegal alien. Even if they've been on our soil for only a matter of seconds. And boy, you're going to be hearing him pound away on those issues throughout the next five, six days. Yep. The number of military troops being deployed to the U.S.-Mexico border has been changing at a rather dizzying pace as President Trump draws that hard line on immigration. Trump said Wednesday the number of troops could go as high as 15,000 in a move aimed at preventing the entry of that caravan of Central American immigrants. And we've got more proof you cannot kill the bullet train, a.k.a. the Crony Express. Backers of the project... The brown doggle, the bullship train. That's bullship. Backers of the... The bu- ship that carries bulls across the water. <laughs> Backers of the project managed to fend off a civil suit attempting to stop the project. A case brought by opponents trying to stop the flow of the bond dollars to the project argued legislation that clarified... The 2008 $9 billion high-speed bail bond was unconstitutional, an unconstitutional modification of a voter-approved act. Here's what they're fighting over. The case involves the attempt of the Assembly bill to clarify the meaning of the bond measure's requirement that any expenditures pay for projects that would be suitable and ready for high-speed trains. And the opponents are arguing, wait a minute, wait a minute. The money went to pay for things long before anything was suitable and ready. Virtually every single word that the people of California voted for unwisely has now been perverted or ignored. I mean, the reality on the ground right now bears almost no resemblance to the bond measure that was passed. It has the same, uh, you know, resemblance that an elephant has to an ant. I mean, they're both animals, but that's about it. 
Now, in ruling against the plaintiff, Sacramento County Superior Court judge hearing the case tentatively ruled the project's goal of building a statewide bullet train had not changed, and everyone understood the rail line would be built in increments. So he's saying, well, we all, re- we all knew that it was going to take some time, and we'll just have to build it this way. I will spend my time, energy, money, donate blood, kidneys, eyeballs, whatever, uh, next ballot, and a measure to just kill the thing, to stop it. If we can get lawyers to tell us it will work, I will dedicate my life to that. Before I allow, you know, $100 billion to be stolen from the children and grandchildren right. of, of Californians for a train nobody wants and nobody will ride. Scientists, it turns out, have found an intriguing link between Parkinson's disease and the appendix. With researchers reporting, they've discovered that people who had their appendix removed early in life had a 20% lower risk of getting Parkinson's decades later. One of the possible explanations is that an examination of the removed appendix tissue shows the organ seems to store an abnormal protein that if it makes its way to the brain will become a hallmark of Parkinson's. Researchers said they're not telling people to go out and get their appendix removed. They are stressing that more research needs to be done. But well, it's, yeah, I'm, I, and I realize you're not a doctor, but, but the appendix stores that protein. Yes, that's well. What where does saying. it go if you don't have an appendix? I oh, guess that's the key question. Right, you remove the appendix, you remove the protein. You know, I remember hearing as a kid, you know, the hubris of every generation, every decade. Uh, a medical expert actually saying, we don't think the appendix has any function whatsoever. Right. And I thought, as a kid, I thought, that's impossible. That can't be. It's just, it's too unlikely. Yeah, it's there for some kind of purpose. Right, yeah, how interesting. Rep- and it's entirely possible it's there for a very, very good purpose. Right. But that now that human beings live decades longer than our species, you know, on average, right, has ever lived before, it's you know it's like a, a system it's like a filter that gets clogged. I'm I'm guessing, but that's really intriguing. Reports are saying Megyn Kelly does not want to sign a non-disclosure agreement as part of her exit from NBC. Stick it to her, Megyn. A friend reportedly told Fox News that she will not sign it if NBC News keeps spreading lies about her. NBC has declined to comment on this report. Has NBC Shut spread up, lies Meg. about her? Has NBC said anything about her? I haven't really followed it because I don't care. I haven't really heard uh, a whole lot except, you know, the, the obvious that the ratings were really not that good. And we were thinking about making some moves uh, even before this. Mm. You know, the derogatory blackface comments that uh, she uh, allegedly made or did make. Did not make. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> Wearing dark makeup isn't wearing blackface, but I guess now it is, because then you can use it as a weapon to bang your opponents over the head with and call them racists. Did I mention that a half-naked gal fell through a restaurant (laughs) roof twice? I guess we did get to that. So we have some reports that are leading me to believe that her uh, her top was clothed. (laughs) She was pantless? That's what some reports are leading me to believe. I have not seen definitive reporting on this yet. You'd think they could nail that down. Google facing giant backlash over its own handing of sexual harassment. Its social justice warrior workforce is angry at Mama and Papa Google. So we'll get into that and uh, much more to come. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong, you get a show. How you doing? Welcome. A lot of cynicism on today's show. A lot of snarkiness on today's show. How about a, a moment for goodness and duty? Does any, does anybody care about that anymore? Horrible shooting at the synagogue in Pittsburgh. Unforgivable. Angry, stupid moron. Hurting and killing old people and special needs people and innocence and all because his view of the world wasn't to, you know, the world wasn't suited to his view of it. Scumbag. Nobody gets to hurt anybody, period. On the other hand, in the wake of that, you saw some uh, real bravery and some real humanity. This is the head of the hospital that treated most of the victims um, of the Pittsburgh shooting. Yeah, correct? including the, the shooter who was Including the shooter, yeah. yeah. And, and here, here's him talking about that. I went up to meet him, and I was just curious as to who is this guy. And quite honestly, he's just a guy. And he's, people said he's evil, he's this. He's some mother's son. And how did he get from that to where he is today? That's going to be a large debate that we have to wrestle with as a society. Effectively, you were sort of at the head of a team that saved his life. It may be a bit of an overstatement, but yes, it's, you know, he was severely injured and he got great care here. Uh, many of the people that attended to him were Jewish. And, mm-hmm. You know, they're heroes. They, they, they did like the cops did. They did their job. They went and they, they confronted the problem and they were true to their core beliefs. And I'm very proud of them. Yeah, wow. That's heavy stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful in its way. There's a lot more good than evil in the world. You just don't read about it in the newspaper. You don't see it on the cable news because it's not very exciting. But appreciate uh, positive Sean from for grabbing that tape and making us aware of it. Nice job. Um. So uh, back to controversy, I guess. Oh, you know what? I said I would do this, and I want to make sure we have time. So a lot of people sent this article to us because it's unbelievable and it's crazy. This guy is an actor. Uh, Todd LaTorette, he's based in Albuquerque. He's best known for nothing, really. I mean, he hasn't done much of note. Um, he's on Better Call Saul in a show called Longmire, <clears throat> which I don't even know. And the Better Call Saul was a single episode, and for all I know, he was guy in the background or tough-looking dude in jacket, you know, that sort of thing. But he is admitted to cutting off his own arm so he could pretend to be a war veteran in order to get acting work. He did this 17 years ago. He decided to cut off and cauterize his own arm 17 years ago. I would like to apologize for all of the people who just drove off the road, passed out. I hope you don't lose your arm. I couldn't stand the irony. I severed... uh, Brace yourselves. Brace yourselves. I severed my hand with a skill saw, he said. 
This, the state of my mind was a psychotic episode. Following the incident, he said it disguised his injury as one obtained by war, creating a persona in which he was a wounded war veteran, one that he says earned him sympathy and helped him land a number of roles. Um, he is talking about this openly for a couple of different reasons. Um, I think a couple of people took a glance at the headline and thought, oh, this is one of those stolen valor guys. I hate those guys. They ought to get beat up. No, 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 no. This is this is a story about a profoundly mentally ill dude. He takes a skill saw and lops off half of his arm. Barbaric. Yeah, I'll, I'll stop saying it now. Um, it is barbaric. Doing it to yourself though is crazy. Um, he was off his medications for his mental illness at the time. He's coming forward with the truth, hoping to rid himself of the guilt. Well, confession is good for the soul. That he's carried the past 17 years and admitting that living a life that is a lie has become difficult. Um, he's ousting himself from the New Mexico film industry. Uh, he's not looking for forgiveness or redemption, but he's hoping that his story will help others suffering from mental illnesses. He says he hopes he can encourage others to continue to take their medications. <clears throat> and he says, I quote, the power is in your hands to take your medication in the morning or at night so that this this discourse of my life doesn't need to necessarily be yours. I don't think he knows what the word discourse means either, but, you know, that's not a fatal sin. Because it happens quick. It happens quick. Sawing off of your arm. Depends what sort of blade you use, I guess. Um, I don't know why I keep getting hung up on the skill saw aspect of it, but that's... what is, is that, That's a brand, right? Right, right. But it's, it's, a, it's like a, it's a... I don't know why if I thought like a samurai sword would be less... Uh, painful or something, but... Oh, it'd be a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. Good Lord. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, you're much better off with a good sharp sword or something, one chop and it's over, but a skill... Is a skill saw a... What is that? I mean, I've I've done some of that sort of work, but... I believe it to be like the, the handheld single... There's, there's no need to guess. Yeah. I mean, well, go ahead so people can mock you instead of me. <laughs> it's the... It's about the size of a coffee can. You hold it with one hand. It's got the the thumb trigger on it, and it's uh-huh. got the, the little guard. That's um, a circular saw. I, I've always called those a skill saw. Is that another term for a I don't have my glasses on. I can't read that. Skill saw is appears to be so this is a what brand. I, that's what I anticipate. That's what I picture that's when a I circular see, saw. The circular saw is what I picture when I hear skill saw. Yeah, but look, there, there. That's a sawzall. It's yeah. yeah. So he's 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 just this is a, a, a roundabout way to get himself paid for a skill saw endorsement. <laughs> I mean, look at the, it. Could be a circular. It could be a jigsaw. I I'm, don't use I'm a jigsaw. Lightheaded. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, well, a chop saw is obviously the way to go. Right. It's a circular saw, mountain rig. <laughs> Anyway, all right, that's probably enough of that. Yikes. And shout out to the branding of Skillslaw. It's like Kleenex. People now just use it as shorthand for, for the, the utensil that it is. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well called. Yes, Hanson. Uh, Joe, I think the 15-amp uh, corded miter saw would probably have done the job for him the best. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, miter saw, also known as a chop saw. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you just bring that thing down. This is a terrible discussion. I demand that it end. Much faster than a sword. What did I just say? Even pressure. What did I just say about the discussion? Turn off his microphone, Michael. It's rare that Hanson talks on the show, and now we know why. He just doesn't know when to stop. Are you shocked if I say Negro Bar? 
It's a California state park. Did you know that? Negro bar. A lot of people say Negro bar, thinking it's got to be Spanish. Black bar, and and the Spanish speakers named it, and it's uncomfortable, but El Perro Negro, black dog. It's okay. It's Negro. No, it's actually Negro bar. And until the 60s, used to be called something that rhymes with bigger bar. But people who live in the Folsom and or Sacramento area uh, areas have have gotten used to it, and most people don't even think about it so much. It was named literally because it was it's a bar. It's like you know what a bar is like. It's a, a sandy area where black uh, coal miners panned for gold during the 1850s, and they tended to hang out together, whatever. And so it got named, you know, bigger bar. And then in the we 1960s, naming things back then. <laughs> well, hell, French camp, English camp. I mean, there's all sorts of towns named that sort of stuff in in Northern California in particular, but evidently some gal who's from Stockton, California, was delivering food for Uber Eats and saw the sign and became offended. (laughs) And now it's in the Washington Post for reasons I don't quite get. She hopes it'll be given a more decent celebratory name. Of course, you could call it African-American bar, and then 20 20 years later, it'll be decided that's an unkind term, and we'll have to change the name again and again. Or you could just call it, you know... Mining bar and forget its history? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, What do you think? It's the Armstrong and Getty Show.